0: for tonight's Meet the Artist interview. I'd also like to welcome our podcast listeners. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet, and my guest tonight is soloist Alana Altman. (laughs) Thank you. I'm here tonight on behalf of the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, which produces the Meet the Artist interviews. We podcast from the War Memorial Opera House, and today is Friday, March 7, 2008. The Meet the Artist interviews are available via podcast at our website, sfballet.org, and new installments are added weekly. Alana Altman is one of... uh, just a handful of the company's dancers um, who are entirely homegrown. She was born and raised in San Francisco and she started training at San Francisco Ballet School at age nine. She was named apprentice in 2000 and joined the company as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2001. She was promoted to soloist four years later. She has been featured in roles uh, ranging from... uh, the Lilac Fairy in Sleeping Beauty, Mercedes and Don Quixote, Mirta and Giselle, to contemporary works like William Forsyth's Artifact Suite and the lead role in Yuri Posikov's Firebird. Thank you for being here tonight, Alana. So one of the things that maybe sets you apart from, from the average female ballet dancer is that you're a little bit tall. And sometimes that can be a problem in terms of finding a partner who's the right height for you. But in your case, it seems like it's been fairly opportune uh, because you've had the chance to take on quite a few roles that were danced by Muriel Maffray. Um So what was it like as a fairly, well, quite young dancer to be taking on roles danced by Muriel
1: well, um, first of all, because I was or am one of the tallest women in the company, yes, it, it set me apart, which um, I think ended up being really beneficial because where where I didn't fit into the core, I got a chance to do a soloist part. Like, for example, Ruby's, one, one of the first parts I got to do, which is made for... There's a part that's made for a tall dancer. And so that was really my way to get in or out of the core, I guess. And um, and then, yeah, following Muriel, I mean, she has so much to offer. And it was always such a learning experience just being in the studio with her and and watching the way she works and how... Focused and um, specific, she was about everything that she did, and she's also really, really generous with with her knowledge that she's accumulated over her career. And I remember specifically um, there was one day that we we went to tea, and she and I asked her about um, doing Mirta because I knew that. Giselle was coming back this season and I had done it once before a few years before and I, I wanted to know how she recreates a role like that like what what do you focus on when you're coming back the second time around because it's very different already knowing what it feels like on stage already knowing the choreography that that's what i focused on the first time like what step do i do next and the second time i wanted to know from her like what how can i make it different and how can i grow in that and i mean she had tons to say and it was it was really helpful and i yeah i'm so lucky that i got to work with her when i did
0: so uh, one of the, talking about characterization, um, one of the things I noticed about your Myrta this season um, was that she was incredibly nuanced. The, she had all the strength that other Mirtas had, but you really saw her struggle uh, in the face of Ellen Albrecht's love with having to condemn him to death. So how did you go about developing that um, I don't know if he even knew you did that.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that, that is her, her inner turmoil. You know, she, she's been... I, I really just went about it thinking about who she is, not necessarily compared to Giselle, but who she... She was a girl who died before she was married as well so she did know love once but it's been it was so long ago that you know the frost has settled in and and so i i just really thought about about that and um and there's, there's many places in the, in the choreography where it can come out, and that's actually one thing that Muriel told me, is that you can use the, the steps, like use your arms or your feet to express the emotion, not just your face or uh, like your neck, but everything expresses what you're trying to say.
0: So one of the qualities that that I see in your dancing that I really admire is what I would describe as like a, a kind of an understated elegance, and I just wondered: is is that just who you are, or is that something that you tried to cultivate in your dancing, perhaps as you watched dancers when you were training as a young young girl?
1: Well, the the dancers that I watched when I was training here were Evelyn Cisneros and Joanna Berman and Muriel and I think they all had that that elegance for sure definitely and um, I don't I never thought to necessarily copy that but I just one thing that um, I definitely tried to learn from Evelyn's dancing is her, her eye contact and her, the way she connected with the audience because that was me way up there um, with my friends watching her and she, she reached me from all the way in the balcony so I just it, it has stayed with me all these years
0: uh, Someone in the audience just commented earlier about your performance last night uh, in, in the night and um, that's another thing I, I see in your dancing, and I saw it yesterday, uh, particularly in the dress rehearsal for In the Night. Um, you always make me, as an audience member, see something new in a role, even when I've seen the role danced many times by many different people. Um, how do you do that? Is, is this a conscious effort? And how, how, do, you, how do you find that that nuance, I guess, we're back to that word.
1: Well, every role is gonna look new on a new person doing it. I mean, it was my first time, and so it's gonna be different than anything anyone has seen. But, um, and I, I try just to definitely watch the people that have done it before me, and and take aspects of their performance but you know everything looks certain things look good on certain people and other things work for other people so I just try to pick and choose what works best for me and then and then there's the other side of it that's just my own interpretation
0: If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with soloist Alana Altman, and this interview is being podcast. So let's talk a little bit about your training. Um, Why did you start dancing? Was it you or your mom?
1: I think it was a combination. I was two years old. So um, for my mom, it was a place to put me while she taught ceramics. Class, and I just adored it. And then it was me ever since me driving it.
0: So, uh, in your training, was there anything that was particularly easy or particularly hard for you?
1: Well, um, it the the I'd have to say the discipline of ballet training came fairly easily for me. Um, I guess that's just my personality. I was dedicated and I was there working hard every day. And um, the actually what came really what was more challenging for me was the Adagio like lifting my leg high. and um, that was always my struggle, still is.
0: Those are long legs. So um, when students, um, even at the advanced level, often don't really have to learn a a lot of choreography during their training years. Um, And yet when they get into a company, pretty much from day one, they're expected to learn a lot of repertoire well and quickly, and it can be in a real variety of styles. So how do you learn to do that if you you don't really get trained to do that?
1: I had a, a, maybe an, an easier time because training in the school, I got to dance with the company from, um, well, in Nutcracker and and in the full lengths from the time I was about 16. So I would be in there in in rehearsals with all of the older company members and watching them how they pick up choreography. And you just, you copy, you adapt how they do it. And usually well i being tall i was always in the back so it was easy to just try to stay in line the girls in the front have it a little harder because they have to remember what mark to go to and everything but um you just you're surrounded by everyone doing it and you just step on board and do it too (laughs)
0: so in a, in addition to um, to training at San Francisco ballet school you you did uh, a handful of summer programs um, elsewhere. Can you talk a little bit about what those experiences were like, what it gave you?
1: actually, starting from when I was thirteen, I traveled to New York um, and washington d c and um, did summer programs and it was It was a great chance to uh, see what else is out there and meet other students and live on my own because um, I have lived in San Francisco my whole life and my parents still live here. So it was uh, it was a, a challenge in that aspect like spending six weeks by myself in New York City at age 14. Um, but it it also it taught me independence and and also the the variety of the the dance training and it enriched my my training in that way and it showed me how much i love san francisco
0: <laughs> so do you have any particular favorite ballets or is the list too long
1: Yes, it's a long list, but I I love Vertiginous Thrill of Exactitude by William Forsyth.
0: So if you had the chance to have a lengthy, leisurely dinner with any choreographer from the past, and I'm going to make the rule that it has to be someone who is no longer living, um, who would it be?
1: Hmm... Uh, The first person that comes to mind would be George Balanchine, um, partly because I've been to a few Russian dinner parties, and they're very fun. But um, I just, I've, I obviously haven't gotten the chance to work directly with him, but I've worked with so many people who have worked directly with him, and all of their stories are just so incredible. Mr. B did this, and Mr. B said that, and I would have loved to be part of that history.
0: Born a little too late. yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to open it up to questions from the audience in just a moment. Uh, First, can you just real quickly tell us what's coming up for you in the New Works Festival, which, by the way, opens next month.
1: Next month, Okay. Um, I'm in the new Yorma Elo, and the new Mark Morris, and James Koudelka, and Margaret Jenkins.
0: So you'll have lots of opportunities to see Alana at the festival. Okay, so uh, I'd like to take your questions now. Yes. Okay, the question is... um, this This audience member sees Alana at other performances and wonders what she uh, what she takes away from those performances and how she feels about being here
1: well i I am so fortunate living in this city that we can just go right across the bridge and everyone internationally comes there so um, what does it bring to me well I just I love getting um, getting whatever I can from other companies, seeing what rep they're doing and seeing their young dancers. And like when ABT came um, last fall, I guess, I hadn't seen that company since I was in the summer session in New York, and it was great to see how it evolved. And yes, I, I do... Love it here, and I think I'm so fortunate to be part of this company. But, but it's, I think it's it's definite benefit to have everyone come, um, come perform in right across the bridge, and we can see all see all that.
0: The question is, what do you get from the performance that you give? The most essential element.
1: Well, I, I'm not dancing tonight, but I danced last night. And what I got from last night was just the most incredible rush of a feeling. I, I just had, have, have so much fun when I'm on stage. And it's the one time that you can just relax and stop thinking about everything that, that you think about in rehearsals and just, just let go. And it it's also, for however long the piece is, it's like 30 minutes where my mind is not thinking about anything else. And it's almost like a form of meditation where some people, you know, you take your mind off of everything that—that that is going on in your life. And so it creates such an amazing feeling afterwards um, of just not worrying about anything, just being relaxed and happy.
0: The question is how you learn a new role. Um, Other than seeing someone show you the steps, do you have anything written down for you?
1: Um, Unfortunately, ballet notation is not um, used as much as maybe it could be. Um, There is a specific form of notation that... um, it takes like special practice to learn how to do that but when when we learn parts there's um if it's been performed before there's a video and besides the person the ballet master or mistress teaching us we can use that as a tool to learn the steps and if it's brand new it's just from the choreographer showing us the steps or maybe an assistant if they have one
0: The question is whether or how much pain you are in when you dance.
1: Well, luckily when I'm performing, I don't feel any pain. (laughs) But um, throughout the day, uh, yeah, I have aches and pains. I've been blessed that I haven't had any serious injury that has required me to stop dancing. Um, But I do have some knee things here and there, and toe things, which, yes, it goes with the profession. But nothing too bad.
0: Uh, The question is about musicality and whether you... how you approach it and whether your approach has changed. Does it come through the steps or does it come through the music?
1: Well, it definitely... my approach definitely has changed because... I don't remember really thinking about it that much way back when. But um, it depends on the role, I think, whether it goes by the steps or by the music. But definitely it is very important to me to choose some interpretation of music and, and stick to it. And, and sometimes I hear it differently from the person that's asking me to do it so then I have to like adapt and change it to what they want but whichever I mean when it's up to me it's I choose my way and I really try to stick to it because that's a very important quality for me so thank you for noticing
0: (laughs) okay I think we have time for one more question yes the question is whether uh, you ever hear music that you wish someone would choreograph something to.
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Uh, well, one one piece in particular—it's one of my favorite pieces of classical music—is Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. Two, and it's—I I would love for someone to choreograph to that and dance to that. But I have no desire right now to choreograph. So I'll just have to wait for someone else to do it, I guess.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you all for coming tonight, and I'd like to remind you uh, about the upcoming New Works Festival, and I'd also like to remind you that these podcasts are available on our website, sfballet.org. Thank you very much, and I'd especially like to thank you, Alana. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.